0: Greetings gamers, I'm Bed Roth, and I'm Shu and you're listening to Very Good Music, a VGM podcast. Welcome to episode two-two. As we get into late September and start to feeling what a COVID fall feels like, we have uh, sort of settled in in the Bedroth household to our new routine of work and Shukapow home with me three days a week doing his sixty percent at home high school regimen, Yay. and me still working from home for the foreseeable future, officially till October and probably until December. That's how long Shu Kapow is supposedly going to be doing half and half high school, but we will see. Who knows what 2021 holds? All that we know is that it won't be 2020 anymore, and so <laughs> there is at least that going for it. <laughs> <laughs> but on to the subject at hand, which, as always, is what's Shu Kapow? Very good music. And the very good music that we have today is of a special variety. Yes, it is. Those of you who either haven't really paid too close attention when Shukapau and I have discussed it occasionally on the episode, or who are not familiar with the Super Bros. Video Game Music Podcast might not have known what to think when you saw Five Finger Fanfare pop up in your feed today. On this episode, we dive into a topic first popularized by Carl and Will Brugeman. The brothers who host the long-running I think it actually has the most episodes now of any VGM Music Podcast by over a hundred, I think, the Super Marcado Bros video game music podcast. This compositional technique is what the brothers have dubbed a five-finger fanfare. And it was featured on the show's 201st episode, which aired all the way back in January of 2016. So that shows you how far they have come. (laughs) They have been doing this for a long time. But seriously, the Marcados were probably the second video game music podcast I discovered after Legacy Music Hour. And they have been a huge inspiration to me. A lot of what they covered and how they talked about video game music gave me the sort of chops and the knowledge of the genre that I really needed to host my own podcast. So, guys... Ooh, now we're here. <laughs> yes, we are. And I kind of like the familial aspect that they had too, which is part of what inspired me to ask if you wanted to host this with me. So... Guys, if you're listening to this, uh, we really appreciate you and thank you so much for not just the inspiration, but for the use of uh, your kind of trademarked topic on our episode today. I talked to Carl online and he actually also um, gave us permission to use a clip from their episode, which is great because they can explain the Five Finger Fanfare a lot better than we can. (laughs) So let's get into it.
1: We're going to be studying a very interesting compositional technique that you hear all over video game music, but it's very specific. Now, the reason why we call this episode Five Finger Fanfare is we're going to be playing pieces of music that, for the most part, all start with the first five ascending notes of the minor scale. In a very specific way. Uh, obviously, if any song is in a minor key, which a lot of you know, recorded music is, you're going to use those notes of the scale. But what we're talking about, Will, you're such a good singer. Can you quickly sing for the audience what we're talking about? The first five notes of a minor scale. I'd be happy to, (laughs) 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 I'm getting, I'm I'm getting, I'm getting cold feet. No, no, no. I'll do it. So uh, yeah, what what Carl's talking about, the first five notes of the minor scale, um, what we're talking about is they're happening in sequential order. So it would be in in that case, we played in with uh, dear friends, Um, but it's yada, da, 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 da. So it's just the first five notes of a minor scale. So all, um, pretty much every track we're going to play today starts with it. There's one track that has it sort of um, in the bridge, in a B section, yeah. But the bridge starts with that. So it's not just that it's featuring those notes, but every single one, except for I think one track today, literally has that rhythm da 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 da, and it's starting off the melody on that series of uh, those series of first five notes of a minor scale.
0: Now, Chukapel. My songs today do not fit that exact rubric. Most of the time, the five notes of the five finger fanfare in my songs do come sequentially in that same rhythm. There is one exception, but except for maybe one of my songs, none of them are actually at the beginning of my song. They're kind of part way in. What about yours? I sort of have a mixed bag here. Some of them are
2: really prominent. Some of them are sort of like midway. Some of them are more
0: inconspicuous. And this is something that once you listeners hear this, you're going to start picking it out of everything. This was an exciting and challenging episode to put together, and the track list is a result of many months of making mental notes each time we would come across this thing in the wild. It's not exactly something, yeah, that you can type into a search bar.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Wild five-finger fanfare appeared.
0: (laughs) Regardless of that, though, everything does still fit our number one rule, which of course is, everything has to be... Very good music. Exactly. Before we get into my discussion of the play-in track, special thanks to our Patreon patrons. Alex, the messenger, messenger who has an endless literal wealth when it comes to uh, generosity toward video game music podcasts, and is also the host of a VGM Journey, which is a spectacular video game music podcast in and of its own right. Uh, we also have The Last Reekin, who I first became acquainted with on the Rhythm and Pixels podcast, where he and I are both patrons, and Rican, we are very excited to have you on board. We also have Skeletoroy, who I would also like to thank for creating the amazing theme song that you now hear adorning the beginning and end of every episode. And finally, Carlos, Kung Fu Carlito, who not only did um, some of the artwork for our show, but is also the host of his own podcast with his friends Michael and Marty, which is called Heroes 3. It's an Asian cinema podcast where they talk about great um, kung fu movies and sort of tangentially related things yay. I was particularly fond of their episodes about Kung Fu Panda and the 1990's animated Street Fighter movie <laughs> yay Yep. good stuff thanks also to Ben the Dyad Dishman as always for our uh, show's pixel artwork and check the notes in the track listing for links to our patrons projects as well as some of those of today's featured artist I have got some real bangers on this show today Shuka so um, do I A lot of these songs came from uh, other video game music podcasts. Uh, I heard the song and I thought, hey, that's a Five Finger Fanfare. And so I would make a note on my phone and uh, send it to myself, and I would just gradually build up this YouTube playlist to the point where when it was time to actually cut it down for the show, I I had a lot. And when I would cut songs, it would either be because the Five Finger Fanfare wasn't really that prominent, or... Um, The song itself just wasn't as good um, overall of a song, even if the Five Finger Fanfare was more prominent in it. So I am confident that um, you're really going to like all the tracks that I've brought today. I only know of one of your tracks, so I'll be, maybe two, I'll be interested to hear what you have. What did you think of my play-in track? That was very, uh, it was very like, I guess you would say, rockin'. (laughs) Rockin', PK rockin'. Yeah. <laughs> um Ow. yeah, Ow. if if you had to guess what type of game do you think that came from? Uh Mega Man. <laughs> <laughs> so, the name of this game is Jikyu Powerful Pro Yakyu Heroes. It doesn't really have a title, but when they played it on episode 412 when the Supermercado Bros mm-hmm. featured this series after um doing, I think, an earlier feature on it, and also just periodically popping in tracks from the series, they named this song from this 3DS baseball game, High and Tight, which is a baseball, you know, theme. That's what they decided to name it. And... Man, it's fantastic! This was actually not on the Supermarcado Bros Five Finger Fanfare episode. Uh, the one rule that I gave to shoot Kapow, besides that you know it has to ha- actually has to have a Five Finger Fanfare in it, <laughs> and it has to be very good music, of course. Of course, yeah, that goes without saying. Is that it couldn't be one of the songs that they picked? Um, probably our favorite Five Finger Fanfare song that was on that episode. And another one that's one of my favorites, I had to take off my list because you played a version of it last week. <laughs> um but yeah, so we don't have Koos Theme or uh Beware the Forest Mushrooms on tonight's playlist. The first track that you just heard is also by an unknown composer. There were a lot of really big-name composers on this series uh, when it was on the PSP and some other games. I think there was actually one game on the Wii from this series. This was on the 3DS. This series is published by Konami. This particular game came out in 2016, and our other track credits are going to be much more structured as they usually are. <laughs> but that's enough about me. I really, really like this track, it is at super high and tight, and of course, the The Five Finger Fanfare is at the beginning of that sort of, um, the verse part. The do 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 It's so good. Good stuff. What have you got for us first, Chukopo? I have
2: something kind of similar. Okay. It's from actually the series I just guessed, sort of. (laughs) Mega Man? Okay, I think I might know where we're going with this. Without further ado, this is Gravity Beetle from Mega Man X3. Konami to Capcom, that was Gravity Beetle from Mega Man X3 released in 1995 by Capcom for the SNES and composed by
0: Kanuyo Yamashita Kanuyo Yamashita yes, this is a great soundtrack and you know what's funny I like all the Mega Man X games, I think X2 is probably my favorite as far as just to play The Mega Man X definitely has my favorite soundtrack of the three of them. The X2 soundtrack is eh, but the X3 soundtrack is really good. I'm not as familiar with it, and I actually have yet to beat X3, even though we have it on the Wii U, but I need to get back into it. I just, I really, I need to figure out what the boss order is and just sit down and do it. It's got some really good music in it. This is no exception. Why did you pick this out of the other ones? Like, why did you not eliminate this one when you had other, other options that you could use? Mm, other options? <laughs> oh, did you not have like twenty-two options to pick from like I did? <laughs> Pretty sure that's only you. Every time. Yeah, yeah, I guess that is kinda kinda me. Well, anywho, what do you think made this one stand out to you? I don't know, it just it's
2: just the Five Finger fanfare in combination with that Mega Man X like style and quality. I don't think I can it, say it any better than that. Yeah, it's just it it's got those guitars and
0: then it 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 just and it's had a little more thing. time to like evolve from the Mega Man X guitar. Um, it, what's interesting is that X and X three each have like a single composer on them. I think X two was almost like a scene of composers. So I wonder if it was um, like too many cooks in the kitchen type thing, and that's why the soundtrack is kind of. Mm. It's it's good. Like, it's very serviceable. There's nothing that I don't like about the music in X2. There's also just nothing that I really love. Except maybe Crystal Snail's theme and Magnus Centipede. They're both pretty good, but the other ones are, you know, I could take or leave them. I... Can't say the same about my next track. I have to say it's probably the most surprising one on my list tonight. I have very little interest in this series and very little knowledge of it, even though it took the world by storm a few years ago. And I think it holds the record for the number of game theory videos about it. Do you have any idea what series I'm talking about with those clues in place? Um, It's Fortnite? It was a huge series. I know very little about it, and there's a lot of game theory videos about it. Uh, It's also one that, that we do not... What did you say? FNAF? Yes. <laughs> the, so only, the only thing that made that not Fortnite was series. Yep. Yeah, because Fortnite's not really a, a series. Um, has a series of seasons, I suppose. But... Yeah. Yeah, so the next song I have on the list is from the Five Nights at Freddy's series. But it is probably not at all what you're thinking. This is a very chill, fantasy-esque track. And it is from the game... Five Nights at Freddy's World, which was released only on Windows in 2016. It was developed by series creator Scott Cawthon uh, independently, and it was composed by Leon Riskin. Officially, the track was called 8-Bit Travel 1 when I found it, but when I eventually found it on a soundtrack, it was labeled as Fazbear Hills or Choppy's Woods, which I assume are the places where this track plays. It's very, very different in style from what you all just heard, and now let's go ahead and get into it. Again, was 8-Bit Travel 8, uh, the music from Fazbear Hills and Choppy's Woods from Five Nights at Freddy's World. And that was composed by Leon Riskin of Ionix Music. Uh, Riskin seems to be an indie composer, and a lot of his game credits seem to be for like mobile and educational style games. I really like his About Me section of his website. <clears throat> I'm Leon, composer and sound designer at Ionix which I think he's the only person at Ionix, it's just him. But, I've been in the sound industry for over a decade now, scored numerous commercials, games, and various multimedia projects. I always try to create something catchy and fun. My musical career started at the age of five as a pianist, and I've been squeezing melodies out of anything playable ever since. I offer good communication and fast turnaround. I also convert coffee to musical notes. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, man. So, yeah, and he is for hire on Freelancer. So anybody who is interested, I think I'm going to copy his website URL here and put that on my list. So this is the first official spinoff to the FNAF series. Um, it's a turn-based fantasy RPG. <laughs> Which, <laughs> does that surprise you at all after hearing the music? No. This, what is- this, this sounds very much like a lot of
2: RPGs. Like, especially SNES-era, like Final uh-huh. Fantasy 2 or 4, I guess. Yeah. Uh, Tales of Phantasia, Dragon
0: Quest, whichever one came out around that time. I think that would have been like 5, 6, maybe 7. Anyway, uh, they didn't come to the States for a long time, so... But, yeah, it's definitely got that sound. Riskin, Riskin really nailed that here. I haven't listened to a lot of the rest of this soundtrack, but... And I don't remember how I stumbled across this one. I think I might have just seen the image. It was just this bright and happy picture of all the FNAF characters smiling and hanging out together. And I thought, what the heck is this? And I clicked on it, not knowing at all what I was going to hear. And then I heard that... Doo, 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 doo. And thought, yeah, that's it's pretty cool. So I added it to my list, and it made it through the, uh, the gauntlet when I narrowed things down. So... I must have liked it. (laughs) But no, it's definitely... It's the most chill track of anything on my list. Do you have anything that compares to that? As far as uh, chillness? I have Secret of the Forest from (laughs) Yasunori Mitsuda. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, this is from a little game that we may have featured before on the show. Something about time and triggers and uh anyway let's just let's just play the song
2: Secret of the Forest from Chrono Trigger, released also in 1995 <laughs> by Yasunori, no, by yeah, by Square for the SNES, and composed by Yasunori Mitsuda All right. It was not released by
0: Yasunori Mitsuda Well, I no, have just the music. I have another track from 1995 on my list. Wow. <laughs> Otherwise, you play I that. <laughs> I, uh, I jump around a little bit. Um, No, I've kind of already got mine in a set order, Um, (laughs) so we'll go to my next game next, and then we'll get to my one from uh, 95. Oh no, wait, it's like three tracks down the list. Anyway, we'll get to it eventually. We'll come back to 1995, which is apparently a good year for the Five Finger Fanfare. (laughs) When you first played this, I wondered where the Five Finger Fanfare was, because like, I know this song. This song is wonderful. It's a VGM classic, but I couldn't remember where it was, and then we heard it. So yeah. Good job. Uh, whereabouts in the song was that, so if anybody wants to go back and listen, they can kind of hear it. Okay. Yep. Um, it,
2: it was at the
0: 37 and 38 second mark. Okay. Cool. And I think at the end, if I'm feeling up for it, I might take out just the five finger fanfare from each song and play it as like a little Easter egg post blooper reel on the, uh, on the track. So y'all can we'll go back and listen and hear, kind of hear how it was implemented each time. So, Secret of the Forest. Is this the only, like, classic VGM that you think you have tonight? We've already got Gravity Beetle and this, so you're you're bringing out some of the biggest ones I could think of that weren't on the Mercado list.
2: <laughs> mm, yep. Okay.
0: <laughs> you don't want to spoil anything, do you? <laughs> okay. Alright. I, I, can, I can deal with that. Let me see. We've had 3DS... SNES. PC. SNES again. (laughs) Let me see what I've got next. Ah, so my next track was actually originally on the Genesis, but I am going to be playing a theme from the remake that came out in 2013 on the PS3, Xbox 360, and Windows and smartphone. Originally, Castle of Illusion, starring Mickey Mouse, came out in 1990, once again for the Genesis slash Mega Drive. And I don't recall, I should know, but I don't recall who composed that one. The soundtrack is really good, as a lot of, uh, really all of the Mickey Disney games I can think of from that era were. But this particular version had rearrangements of classic tunes and also new tunes, like I think this one is... Composed by someone whose name you will know very well. From Castle of Illusion, the 2013 remake, this is Giant Apple Runaway, composed by Grant Kirkhope.
2: ha! <laughs>
0: was Great Apple Runaway from the 2013 remake of Castle of Illusion starring Mickey Mouse composed by the one and only Grant Kirkhope. <laughs> what did you think of that, Chukapow? Very Kirkhopean. <laughs> Definitely very Kirkhopean. Yes, that was Kirkhope channeling Danny Elfman at his very finest. <laughs> That was so good. Kirkhope does really well with chase scenes. Like, I can just see this huge apple that Mickey is running away from rolling down the hill toward him. It's kind of got that classic Disney feel. Again, Danny Elfman uh, is one of uh, Grant Kirkhope's influences that he's talked about before. Elfman composed the music for Nightmare Before Christmas and some other um, Disney-related things that I think Tim Burton worked on. So, yeah, definitely definitely got that, that feel. This this was played on the let me see what was it ah the guys from bg Mania covered this on their grant kirkhope deep dive that came out recently that was episode 139 and when they played this one i was like do 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 of course it immediately got into my head and then as i was humming it i was like wait do 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 do, do, do that's a five-finger fanfare. That's going in the show. <laughs> and yeah, this one was never not going to be on the list. I love the bouncy, big, cartoony feel of it. And yeah, like like you said, very Kirk-hopian. What do you have to follow that up, sir? I have more Kirk-hop. <laughs> right. Well, on the Mercado show, they played several uh, Nobuo Uematsu tracks, and so we got to hear a lot of how the Japanese did it. Um looks like we're going to hear more of, a, of how Kirkhope does it. I have a couple of other um, Western composers on my list today as well, which, that's kind of cool. That was a little bit by accident. Uh, I actually cut a couple of Western games because they, they just weren't as great as the songs I have on my list. So, anyway, what have you got from Mr. Kirkhope? All right,
2: from Banjo-Tooie, released in 2000. 2000, yes. Released in 2000. Banjo-Tooie, released in 2000. 2000, yes. (laughs) By Rareware for the N64 and Xbox 360,
0: and composed by Grant Kirkhope. It was originally just on the N64, but mm -hmm. later on ported, as so many Rare games were, to the Xbox 360 when Microsoft bought them. Yes. (laughs) This is Mr. Patch, Strange
2: Wobbly Inflatable Thing. That was Mr. Patch's Strange Wobbly Inflatable Thing, which is the actual full name of the song. Oh my gosh.
0: From Banjo-Tooie. You know, that was really similar. It's amazing how much similar it sounded, considering that he was using those N64 instruments. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, even though it was similar, it was still definitely... Uh, it, it was unique. It was It was different enough from the other track. You can't pigeonhole him. I mean... We, we've talked about, like just last episode, we talked about his range. So, that was really good. And nice use of the five-finger fanfare. It's kind of buried in that whole string of runs that... Not all of which are actual five-finger fanfares, but there is definitely one in here. I'm listening with a critical ear tonight. Ah, <laughs> uh, it was good. You were like dancing around in your seat. So, it's your track. Talk about it some. Alright. Um, well...
2: I, uh, I, first heard this track in Smash when they added Banjo. Mm-hmm. Um... Uh, I sort of, like, just... I mean, I, mean, I liked it. Yeah, 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 there were definitely other tracks I liked more, like, for ZZ Peak and Mad Monster Mansion. Yep. Um...
0: And I mean that version of the main theme that he rearranged for Smash is really, really good. Yep. So Yeah. I well, could see a, a well, Banjo-range tu- Spiral Mountain, but whatever. Yeah. Oh yeah. I could see a Banjo tooie track kinda of getting buried in and amongst those those classics. Kinda of like Banjo tooie does, honestly. It's it, it was it was I didn't play it that much, but it was a really, really solid platformer. There are some people who say it's the best 3D platformer on the in 64. Um, better even than the original. <laughs> so Uh, The last person who I heard really talk about it, I think, was Andre Seegers from Game Explain, who I don't remember if he said it was better than the original, or if he said it was a little bit more, like, bloated and went on a little bit too long. Um, But I know that he enjoyed both of them. He really loves this series, so... That was good. That was very good music, (laughs) shooko Well done. Now I'm going to go in... very different direction and i'm excited because i get to feature a another system that we don't really talk about very much we may not have played anything from it yet so far on the show and that is the msx this was one of many many computer systems that i just really don't know that much about from back in the day i should have done a little bit of research on it beforehand but if you want to learn more about the MSX and about this game in general, you can listen to Pixelated Audio, uh, episode 128, when they covered this game, which in Japan was called Psycho World when it was released in 1988, then later when it was released on the Sega Master System and Game Gear in 1991, it was called Psychic World. This game, I don't really remember anything about. Um, I'm going to read the synopsis here after we come back because it's pretty fun, and the cover art for the European version is just amazing. It's straight 80s. You should totally look up Psycho World European box art just to see what I'm talking about. The game, or the track rather, doesn't really have a fancy name. It's just called Stage 8. But it is a nice little track, and it's going to be fun getting back into some chip after uh, all of this FM and Redbook stuff we've been listening to. So, without further ado, this is Stage 8 from Psycho World. At a remote laboratory in the year 19XX, a three-staff research team consisting of Dr. Knavik and his assistants, the TWIN sisters, TWIN is in all caps for some reason, Cecile and Lucia, is studying the exploration and usage of ESP, Extrasensory Perception. P.K. Fire. One day, while Lucia was getting ready for work, an explosion burst from the lab. By the time Lucia got there, Dr. Knavik was all right, But Cecile had disappeared. It was Combustion Man's fault. Dr. Kanavik explains that part of his experiments involved running tests on a variety of monsters, but eventually the subjects rebelled and took Cecile with them. As Lucia follows the monster's track, Dr. Kanavik gives her the ESP booster, a device he created that will enable the user to wield psychic powers. But this is not a JRPG set in... You know, not the United States. Definitely (laughs) not the United States. This was a platform game, and everything about the aesthetic, from what I understand, is straight 80s. Did you look up that box art? No. (laughs) I want you to do it, like right now. Psycho World European box art, because I want to get your live reaction. But that was stage 8 of Psycho World. Uh, For anyone who is interested, there is also an FM version of this. That was the... Uh, PSG version. We talked about that a little bit back, I think, on the Swords episode when we Why played... did it
2: come up with Breath of the Wild? I don't know.
0: We played a couple of tracks. Uh, I don't remember what the track was, but it was submitted by fan Utopia Nemo. Um, so go back, listen to our Sword Songs episode, look for the part in the um, lightning round that was submitted by our uh, listener, Utopia Nemo. And, yeah, we talked a little about PSG and FM and the difference between those. I don't remember all of it right now, but FM sounds more like SNES, and PSG sounds more like NES. That's basically it. So, But, what was the word you used to describe that one, you Chukapau. Groovy. Groovy. I think that's gonna be our thing for this season is. What was the word you used to describe that while we were talking about it? <laughs> oh. Just so I uh, I don't get accused of stealing your lines anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah, groovy is a good word for it. It had a it had a nice kind of kicking groove to it and that uh, that triangle bass do 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 um really good. The Five Finger fanfare also is very prominent because it's repeated like do dig do 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 and then there, it's like that, uh, harmony, like, um, I don't know if you would call that unison or if it was actually harmonic thirds. I'm not exactly sure. But it was really good. I liked it. It was nice, uh, upbeat little, uh, little number as well. Have you found that box art yet? I think so. What does it look like? Is this it? Actually, no. Um, Weird. I can't find the box art. Uh, Psycho world? Or did you Google psychic world or psycho world? Psycho world. Okay. Did you, and I actually googled psycho world European box art. Yes. Okay. And if I get a little bit choppy, everyone, my apologies. Apparently, as we found out last week, um, <laughs> when I go and look up other things on the computer, sometimes my audio cuts out. Alright, Chu Capel, come around here and describe to the pod world. What you see? Is that it? Was that the same picture that I said was not it? Um, basically. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Maybe it's just my old eyes, not not seeing anything. Look at that. That is so like that jumpsuit. This is so 80s. That is a terrifying dragon monster thing. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. What do you see there? What is chasing her? Um, I don't know. I can't tell if that's a dragon or a lion, but it's green, and it has a golden mane, and it also has a red dragon snake thing and a blue dragon snake thing coming out of its head like horns. <laughs> oh, man. Straight with the, with the grid background, and then she's running down this like metallic tunnel with fire lasers going through it, and everything she's wearing. She's wearing like this pink dress, but with silver armbands and leggings and... Knee-high pink boots. It's all very 80s, and it's so wonderful. It's so great. Huh. But go ahead and sit back down so your audio sounds fine. Thank you for indulging me, son. Yay. And thank all of you for indulging me out there in podcast land. What do you have for us next, Shuka uh, I'll go I'll just go with Stone Valley here. Okay. As you've already heard on the show at least once, but that's okay because it's a great song. One of Kapow's favorites from one of my favorite games. Uh, and, yeah. Well, what game is this from again, Chukapau? Just to remind them. It's from Pokemon Snap. The first one we can say now. <laughs> yes! Yes! The first Pokemon Snap. Oh, I can't wait. Oh, it's gonna be great. Oh, I can't wait. And what's the name of the song one more time? Stone Valley.
2: such a fun little jam. Yeah, th- this feels like if Grant Kirkhope
0: composed Mystery Dungeon and it was on the n 64 <laughs> Well, you would know that better than anyone. I just can't get away from... It's got kind of a Spanish feel to it. It's also got that... The, the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, which is like the quintessential Western, or one of them. The, the whistle. The doo-doo-doo-doo-doo. That's totally from that movie. But what's so funny is the five-finger fanfare in this song, it almost sounds like somebody went to the composer who will tell you who it is in a minute, but and said, the song's really good, but can you throw like just a splash of trumpet five finger fanfare in this one part randomly here? (laughs) (laughs) But it's got such a good song. I love it. And it just I cannot hear any songs from this game without immediately picturing the stage because I played it so much when I was a kid. And it's so wonderful and amazing. But tell us about
2: the track. Okay, so I, I never really played much Pokemon Snap. I think I
0: watched you play some on the Wii when I was younger. hmm. Uh, but. I actually meant before we go there, we didn't actually ever say all the track stuff. Oh, yeah. I know we just said it like five episodes ago, but still, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, Pokemon Snap was released in
2: 1999 by Nintendo for the Nintendo 64. Oh, yeah, how H- Laboratory mm-hmm. was also there. Composed by. Ikiku
0: Memori Yes Ikiku Memori hey, And You were saying You never really played it much You watched me play it We have it on the N64 We have uh, an N64 Oh sorry Virtual console On the Wii <laughs> My um, man. I wish we had an N64
2: Yeah that'd be cool
0: Used to have an N64 Even after okay. I sold all my stuff um, Your mom and I Like acquired an N64 And I got some games From a friend And I gave it to your uncle Zachary I'm pretty sure that he still has it Huh Neat. Yeah, I played it a lot, especially back back in that time. Back at that time, WWF No Mercy. I played a lot. Really, really great wrestling game. There were some fantastic wrestling games on the N64. We're not talking about that. We're talking about Pokemon Snap. Yeah. What else do you have to say about this?
2: Um. Well, the track has good trumpet in it, and I like me a good trumpet. Mm-hmm. I play trumpet. I love composing with
0: trumpet and <laughs> just trumpet. Yep. Trumpet, trumpet. I don't know if anything I have left tonight has a lot of trumpet on it. Um, there's something recently... Oh, I think it was because I was editing our last episode and remembering that uh, Mirror Bee theme. Oh, uh, there yeah. There some trumpet on that theme. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Yet another <laughs> Pokemon <laughs> spinoff. <laughs> <see> was <laughs> on the GameCube,
1: <laughs> I think, not the N64. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff.
0: All right. Well actually I wasn't I promised I wasn't doing this on purpose or I wouldn't have gone back to Pokemon after mentioning it. but speaking of pro wrestling games, <laughs> my next track is from Zen Nippon Pro Wrestling 2 34 Budokan, which was released in 1995 and developed by Natsume. who do you know what series they may be most famous for developing nowadays? <laughs> it's about farming and it's not Harvest Moon. I mean, it's not, dang it, it's <laughs> not Sturdy Valley. It is Harvest Man. That's, uh, that's Natsume. And yeah, they made some really awesome wrestling games back on the SNES. This is actually the third and final game in the Zen Nippon Trilogy. And one of the earlier titles was localized on the SNES in 1994 as Natsume Championship Wrestling, which is a real cult classic. Um, I actually never owned it. I w- got into wrestling games on the N64, but there's a lot of mad love for this game um, on the internet. But, uh, Nippon Pro Wrestling 2, which is actually the third one, was released in 1995. It was composed by one of these amazing composers who we don't talk about enough, but Hiroyuki Iwatsuki, Ikumi Mizutani, Kinuyo Yamashita, or Haruo Ohashi. This is the theme of Jumbo Tsuruda. of Jumbo Tsuruta from Zen Nippon Pro Wrestling 2 3-4 Budokan, composed by one of those four amazing composers who I mentioned before we came to the track, and man, I, I didn't listen to this track all the way through when I was picking through it, because I heard two different occurrences of the five-figure fanfare, and I think there's actually three in it, and Maybe four, but it's so good. And the first one, that do-do-do-do-do, it, like, breaks it up. It's like, it's not do-do-do-do-do, and that, that's really cool. That's the most, probably the most unique that I have it tonight. What did you think, sir? Wow. (laughs) Oh, man, I wish we could have gotten your live reaction, because a couple of times you were just like, oh, oh, this track is incredible. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, hopefully our listeners know us well enough by now to know I'm not making that up. <laughs> and to know that you're probably just kind of really zoned in on something else over there. What are you doing tonight? Final Fantasy IV. Uh, still Final Fantasy IV. Maybe by the time we record our next episode, we'll uh, it'll be Final Fantasy VI. <laughs> Speaking of our next episode, we don't exactly know what it's going to be yet, but I think we might have a pretty good idea. So we already have some of our ideas for this season. Um, For a couple of teases, uh, Dusklight is coming back for an episode, and Prof Jeff is coming back for an episode. And we already know our season finale will be another two-parter. Another sort of comparison-slash-contest episode. It's actually also going to feature a special guest, but we're not ready to talk about that yet. However, a couple of our episodes actually four of them, we left totally up in the air because we wanted to see what you all would think of them. Um, so I have a poll up. I will have a link in the show notes. Shookapow has also shared it on Twitter or will have by the time this episode comes out. And until the end of September, you can go and vote for what will be our next episode. That's not going to give us a whole lot of time, so I probably will pick the front frontrunner uh, when we absolutely have to record this episode is going to come out on September 22nd, which means the first episode in October will be on the 6th of October. So, yeah, that's not going to give us a whole lot of time to prepare. So, we'll see. I might actually cut the poll off on at the end of that week, after this episode comes out. So, yeah, I'll go ahead and say it. This will be up until Saturday the 26th. I guess I need to go and modify that now. But go and vote. Um, we have a series of topics up there that Shu Kapow and I both would be interested in doing. And so far, one of the ones that he picked is The Front Runner. And I'm not sad. I'm pretty excited because I think there's going to be some really cool songs there. Before we transition to Shu Kapow's next track, I did want to talk a little bit about this game because all of the. Um, Nippon Pro Wrestling games were based on actual Japanese wrestling back in the day, and there was some really cool stuff going on over there. Jumbo Tsuruta is one of the uh, real wrestlers that this game features. He was born in Makioka, Yamanashi, Japan, on March 25th, 1951. Um, <clears throat> his real name was Tomomi Suruta. he went by Tommy, apparently, and he wrestled for All Japan Pro Wrestling for most of his career, and is well known for being the first ever Triple Crown Heavyweight Champion, having won the PWF Heavyweight Championship, the NWA United National Championship, and the NWA International Heavyweight Championship, and unifying the three titles. He is also known for being one half of the first-ever World Tag Team Champions, with Yoshiaki Yatsu having won the NWA International Tag Team Championship and the PWF Tag Team Championship, and unifying the two titles. So, um, yeah, that's him. Seems like a pretty big dude, especially in Japan. And not stereotyping there. Um, on average, they are shorter than we are here in the States. Jumbo Tsuruta was six foot six inches. Big guy. But, so, yeah. Another of his ring names was the Terror of Yamanashi. <laughs> and this is a, a fitting track for him, I think. I think seeing a wrestler come to the ring like this, I couldn't help but root for him. But, that's enough out of me. What do you have for us next, son? Next up, I
2: have the theme from Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Gates to Infinity, titled Hazy Pass, which at first I thought was Hazy Maze. Which is
0: totally a Mario track. Yeah, but... And does uh, not have a five-finger fanfare at it. <laughs> I'm re- reasonably confident. <laughs> but this song
2: apparently does. Um, so. It was actually featured in the Oddity Cave theme from... Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Rescue Team DX.
0: Oh. And uh, that's that's where I found out about it. Okay. Well, I'm not sure if we actually heard it because I did have to truncate that Oddity Cave thing theme a little bit for our track last <laughs> week. Um, so if you did hear this before, well, it's very good music. So you can stand to hear it twice. If you didn't, then, what is it called again one more time? Hazy Pass.
2: was Hazy Pass from Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Rescue T... No. Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Gates to Infinity uh, Infinity and Beyond.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that was a three second end, by the way. I'm gonna keep all this in. But that this, this would be good blooper reel material. Uh, that, was, that was a nice little track, man. I'm gonna say one thing about it and then I'm gonna let you go because it, it occurred to me, one of the things that separates nintendo music from um other music is just how good the composer's sense of melody is if it weren't for that pan flute this song would be like a lot of modern games especially like the the grindy type games mobile games and stuff like that um because the bed is good it's serviceable but it doesn't really stand out but that pan flute is really good, it, it kind of carries that whole section. But then it goes into the section with the five finger fanfare and it just could, it turns completely. And it's, it's a really, this is a really well-crafted song. Now, you tell us about it. When did the five finger fanfare happen? Um, it happened around like the 40
2: second mark. That one was a little bit hidden. You've got some, some sneaky ones tonight. <laughs> also apparently a sword made of fire is more powerful than the sword of legend. Final Fantasy.
0: Final Fantasy just has to be... You know what? Zelda did the Sword of Legend first. Not really, because they didn't talk about it as the Master Sword until Link to the Past, but still. <laughs> anyway. Um, it's dangerous to
2: go alone. Take this.
0: Yep. 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 Alright, but talk about Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, because we're not playing a track from Final Fantasy tonight. The Mercados took all those. <laughs> <laughs> Um, when does this happen in the game? Um,
2: I don't know. I've never played Gates to Infinity, but... Oh, that's right.
0: <laughs> that's one of the ones you talk about wanting, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
2: along with Super Mystery Dungeon.
0: Oh, well, and now... Uh, Both of them are on the 3DS. And now you want uh, Mario 3D All-Stars. Yay! <laughs> Which I do, too. Even though we already own all three of those games. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I mean, we might not because of the Wii, but... Yeah, if I can't fix the Wii... And I mean we can still play Galaxy on the Wii U. But yeah. Sunshine is kinda tied to that Wii. Yeah, we'll have to see. I fixed the Wii U. Mm-hmm. And I need to fix the Switch as well. So
2: I yeah. we just need a good game card that works. Yep. So I mean if if anyone can if anyone can give us a working game a, card. Uh, yeah,
0: if anyone has a working game card that you're willing to either give us or sell us for a reasonable price, let us know. Assuming I don't have it by now, since this is releasing in like three weeks. Two and a half weeks. I only have like four days to finish editing episode one. We should wrap this up so I can work on that. (laughs) Anyway, that was a good song. It was a very good song. My next song is also very good. It's also our second Mega Man-related song of the nights. This is from a game called Mega Man Unlimited, which is a fan game that came out between Mega Man 9 and Mega Man 10. It sort of unofficially carried on the story of Mega Man 9, so it's kind of like a cool alternate history version of that. And from everything I can see, a lot of love went into this game. The guys from XVGM Radio actually featured this on their episode 55, which was called Mega Man Fangame Music, and I've talked thought about doing that kind of topic as well, because there's a lot of great Mega Man Fangame music out there, but they actually did that episode with the creator of this game, who goes online by MegaPhilX. He did not do this particular track, although he did do some of the music. But this track was composed by Kevin Fetsumfu who goes by Symphony Kev online. And sorry if I'm butchering that name. The name of the track is An Unbreakable Will, and it plays in Occupied Wily Fortress Stage 2. And Shukapel? Pay attention because I think you are going to love this. Right there, around the 125 mark. That was that was a cool key change. All right, we're back. That was Unbreakable Will from Occupied Wily Fortress Stage Two in the game Mega Man Unlimited. What did you think of that, Chuka That was that was quite good. Do you think it fit the uh, the Mega Man bill? Does it deserve to be up there with all those other great Mega Man tracks? Yep. It doesn't sound like traditional
2: Mega Man, but it definitely, it meets that Mega Man
0: standard. Well, and it's not really traditional Mega Man. It was in that Mega Man 8-bit style, but it was definitely from a newer generation. I do think it sounds more similar to the stuff from 9 and 10 than it does to the earlier stuff. There definitely are eras of Mega Man music. Mega Man 1 kind of is in its own era. 2 and 3 are kind of by themselves. 4, 5, and 6 I kind of lump together in my mind. 7 and 8 don't exist, and then 9 and 10 <laughs> also kind of have their own <laughs> their own feel. Mega Man 7 actually does have some really cool music, and I haven't heard enough of 8s to be able to talk about it music-wise. I just, I'm not a huge fan. I've now tried both of them, and I don't think I'm going to finish them. <laughs> they're, they're really hard. I did enjoy watching Dan play through them, though, uh, the Phantom Mire, and, uh... I didn't get to see as much of his 8 runs because we've been so busy, but I'm interested. But I know he's enjoying himself this month because I think 9 is his favorite. It's either 9 or 10. He he loves both of them, though. Um, This game, as I said, was an unofficial fan game created by X. It was released on July 14th, 2013. Uh, According to the game's creator, it was originally meant to be a hypothetical sequel to Mega Man 9, created before the official Mega Man 10. Uh, On his YouTube, which I will link to in the description, he said, um, this is Symphony Kev now, the composer, he said, I'm a composer who's passionate about video game music. I believe music is at the heart of video games, as it allows us to form a much deeper emotional connection to the games we play. I want to move people with my music, the way so many of my favorite game composers have moved me. This is what I love, and if for some reason you feel inclined to support me, I'll gladly accept your kindness. As I said, I will link to his YouTube site and he has a link to his Ko-fi there. And yeah, I definitely would suggest dropping him some support. This album is also available on Bandcamp. And yeah, this was a, this was a very very good track I think that's he accomplished what he set out to do there in um, making something that could move people the way the composers moved him. And I really like the way he described that. That's kind of the whole reason we do this podcast is to share this game music that we love with other people. And what do you have to share with our fans next? I have Kirby music. Kirby!
2: But not the kind you would expect. This okay. is actually a cutscene theme. <coughs> a uh, Kirby cutscene. It's from Kirby Planet Robobot. Okay. This, this game has some awesome music in it. This plays whenever you encounter, before you fight, the one of the reoccurring characters
0: and bosses Susie. Ah, a boss with uh, multiple occurrences. Does she have different music each time she pops up in the game, too? Maybe. Hmm. We might have to talk about that sometime. Maybe. (laughs) Anyway, so this cutscene, like, precedes your fights with Susie? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. What's it called? It's called Susie Executive Assistant.
2: Was Susie, executive assistant from Kirby: Planet Robobot, released by Nintendo and HAL for the 3DS in 2016, and composed by
0: Hirokazu Ando and Jun Ishikawa. 2016. I think we have a couple of other 2016 tracks too. So apparently, 1995 and 2016 were were good years for this little thing that we're featuring tonight. Yep, late nine, uh, mid to late nineties and two thousands. Mid nineties and mid teens. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but, and again, what we're featuring is the Five Finger Fanfare, which showed up a couple of times in that track. And that was good. Liked it. It was, from what I know of Susie, which is that she's like a robot secretary, um, kind of lady, sort of person. <laughs> anyway, this fit that because it had a little part in it that sounded like something you might hear in like an office waiting room. But it also had this kind of sinister, mysterious feel to it in some parts with some of the instrumentation. Yeah, this um, this definitely had that Planet Robot feel. It like you
2: know the the Haltman organization like invading Pop Star and doing all the robot stuff. It definitely you know, it had that feel. Yeah. And this this entire track is like Kirby featuring Five Finger Fanfare. <laughs> it really is. It's a very Kirby track. And you
0: said this is like a recurring
2: yeah, the It's doo doo That's
0: yeah, like yeah, the yeah. whole
2: motif of the the game.
0: Oh, look at you using the word motif. <laughs> I taught you some stuff. That's so cool. It is. Yeah, it, that's that's cool. That's cool. I didn't pick up on that at first. Nice. Do 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 Well, we have we have brought some really great <laughs> tracks. <laughs> My son is rapidly bouncing up and down in his chair as he hums this song. It's it's a little bit unsettling. It doesn't but use he, the motif, but, but he's it's the not best in, song in the game. But he's not in his squeaky chair, so you guys can't <laughs> hear it. Yay! Yay! Uh, alright. We played some really good stuff tonight. Um, what has been your favorite track so far, you think?
2: Hmm.
0: I don't know. Probably this one, I guess. The Kirby one? Yeah. For me, I think so far it Either has been be that, that Mega Man one. I really like that wrestling theme. Still, it really I think that one impressed me the most while I was listening to it. Or that Psycho World theme. It's all been been really good. Uh, the the Banjo Tooie theme you brought was really great. Of course, Gravity Beetle is a classic. Uh, it's all really good. I'm really curious to hear what your playout track is going to be. And I'm also interested to see what your response is going to be to my last track of the night, which is the one we're playing next. To a lot of VGM fans out there, the name Bad Apple for a song is going to uh, trigger some memories in them, because this is a pretty big deal in VGM circles and some of the adjacent pop culture circles. Bad Apple is the seventh track in the soundtrack of the 1998 bullet hell video game Lotus Land Story, which is the fourth entry in the Touhou Project series. Do you know anything about Touhou? No. Spelled T-O-U-H-O-U. And this, it's an independently developed series that they're good games. The music is incredible. And the composer slash developer slash producer, the guy who makes the games, has said on the record that he really makes his games as vehicles for his music. (laughs) Uh, We'll talk a little bit more about that when we come back. I at first had the chiptune version of this on my computer, on my YouTube list. But then I went down a rabbit hole, actually connected to another video game song, which is Dance Through the Danger, the vocal tune from uh, Shantae Half-Genie Hero, which is performed by the voice actress for Shantae, whose name is Christina V. She is a renowned voice actress. she's done a whole lot of stuff, she's been In Pokemon, she's been in um, oh that Ladybug show on Netflix, Uh, of course she's Shantae, Um, she's done a lot of stuff, and she recorded a vocal version of this song about 10 years ago that was like the official vocal version for a long time, and then recently she teamed up with YouTube cover artist um, Rich or Rashad E.B., and did both an English version and a Japanese version of this song. Uh, Rashad E.B. specializes in metal covers. So this is a metal vocal version of Bad Apple, which was originally a chip-sounding game from To Who Four, Lotus Land Story. And it was originally composed by Junya Otada, who goes by the name of Zune, and is also the one-man, or one-person team behind Team Shanghai Alice, who developed the game. All that to say, this is Rashadi B. and Christina B.'s version of Bad Apple, and this is the Japanese lyric version. I hope that you all enjoy. that was bad apple from lotus land story the fourth entry in the Tuhu project series originally composed by Junya Oda and performed by Rashad EB and Christina V. I will have links to all of their stuff in the show notes and I also have links to all the other stuff we've talked about today in the show notes so please go and check out and support the artists who I featured who we featured on the show today and also our wonderful patrons. I also, want to mention a little bit more about Bad Apple. Uh, the theme was originally designed to be played during the third stage of Lotus Land story as chip tune on the Japanese NEC PC9800 computer platform at 161 beats per minute using a frequency modulation synthesis chip. That's FM. So that's, that's now you know what FM means. <laughs> I heard none of that, and I understood none of it either. <laughs> Well, uh, it will mean more to a lot of our listeners who are kind of more into that stuff. Um, it would be nice if you would hear some of the things I'm saying now, at least. Well, I mean, I, I even heard it. if you it, don't but understand. I heard <laughs> it, but I didn't understand any of it. Um, but I also will feature the chip version underneath our talking so that people can kind of hear a little bit of it. Uh, it's a, It's a good song. It is a... I mean, it's a classic for a reason. It's also notable and gained some fame outside of BGM Circles because much later it was remixed by Masayoshi Minoshima and singer Nomiko following the remix and subsequent accompanying black and white shadow puppet video. And this video, the Richadi B and Christina B video, is actually also in that sort of black and white shadow puppet style. It's really, really cool looking. Team Shanghai Alice is uh, Zune's self-publishing independent um, company. It's based in Tokyo and since 1995 uh, Zun has self-published and independently developed the Touhou Project Bullet Hell series, which has, I think, upwards of 10 games in it now? <laughs> that he has made all by himself, along with all the music. It's like if Toby Fox, all by himself, without help, had made 10 Undertales. <laughs> um, although Undertale is a little bit more in-depth than your average bullet hell shooter, but still. Yeah. Um, he has also collaborated with various circles in the production of other related works. Prior to 2002, he called himself Zunsoft. <laughs> get a little pun there, and then later changed it to just soon. Rashadi B is a guitarist and producer who specializes in arranging progressive metal renditions of well-known video game anime and television music. And Christina V, as I have already mentioned, is a well-known voice actress and an accomplished singer. She has some really great stuff on her YouTube channel as well, so I encourage you guys, once again, check all this stuff out. All that said, Shookapow, what did you think of this song?
2: Uh... I mean, I thought it was sort of like,
0: uh, like Doom meets Shantae. <laughs> yep, not too, not too bad of a comparison there. Um, I'd be interested to hear what you thought of the original. Um, in fact, let's just see. Let's see what you think of the original. But I'll, I'll bring it up. What do you think of the chip version it's very good it's it's very different but very good <laughs> it is I think other than that main melody um, it, it's it's a very different presentation for sure but I think that the chip version makes it a little bit more obvious why I picked it for a five-finger fanfare episode <laughs> yeah. so good stuff good stuff And I think we've actually kind of talked about everything, peppered out through the episode, so we're not going to have a super-duper long outro this time, which is kind of nice. Is there anything that I forgot to talk about, Shookapow? Mm, Not really. And where can our listeners find you on the interwebs?
2: I'm on Twitter, at Shookapow, and I'm also on Flat.io, and I I go by the title Lloyd Irving for Smash, and it will <laughs> stay that way until Lloyd Irving gets in Smash.
0: <laughs> well, if uh, anything, I know that Pernell from Rhythm and Pixels is with you, because on our last, on their last bonus Patreon episode, which was about characters we want to see in Smash, um, he said that uh, he's totally with you, Lloyd totally deserves to be in Smash, and who cares if he's another sword character, because he has two swords! Gosh dang it! I also want to Humble brag a little bit. My pick for who I wanted to be in Smash, Bonk, who my brain kept wanting to go other places, but then it kept kind of centering back on Bonk like a compass needle. He ended up taking the victory, I think. Bonk was the character who made it through their little tournament that they set up of all the characters, and he's the one who won. So, if Rhythm and Pixels has anything to say about it, Bonk will be in Smash. Oh, I really am curious who they're gonna do for. Don't they still have like four characters to announce for this second fighters pass? Uh, actually five. Oh yeah, because uh, yeah, there's gonna be six in this one. Then they've only done Min Min so far. Yep. It's it's probably the next one's probably gonna be a Mario character to be honest. You think so?
2: Yeah. I, think... I don't Either know, Waluigi I'm... or someone else.
0: <laughs> Watch it be Nabbit instead of Waluigi. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we're like Toad finally. Or maybe Warts, although really they would just, he'd be like a, uh, what do you call it, Neko fighter for uh, K Rool. <laughs> Um But uh, he would probably have a completely different moveset. Um, K Roll doesn't spit bubbles out of his mouth. <laughs> but, I don't know, it'd be interesting to see. I personally think that either the next one or the one after that, they're going to go ahead and come out with their Gen 9 Pokemon rep. And I still, if I were betting on anyone, it would be Rillaboom. Well, you mean Gen 8? Yes. I thought you said it was Gen 9. No, I said it was Gen 8. I'm going to trust you. You're the Pokemon guy. We've been through (laughs) this like three times on the podcast so far. But anyway, yes. I still think it's going to be Rillaboom from Pokemon Sword and Shield, just for noobs like me (laughs) who only know them by their actual names. And I just think it fits, you know, because you had Greninja, who was the third evolution of the water starter from Gen 5. Then you had... Incineroar, who was the third evolution of the Fire Starter from Gen 6. No, I'm behind a little bit. Incineroar was Gen 7, right? Yeah. Greninja was Gen 6. Mm-hmm. And now you'll have the third evolution of the Grass Starter from Gen 8, Rillaboom. It just makes sense. Anywho, plus he's to me he's the one who makes the most sense out of the the three. I, he'd be the coolest character to have in Smash. And look at that, we've uh, figured out a way to blow to the final (laughs) segment of this completely differently. So, it looks like, right now, the episode topic for next time is still up in the air. But I do plan to get back to the previews, uh, starting with this one, this next one coming up. Sorry for the lack of previews on uh, episode one and episode two. I've just been super, super busy with everything, but... You can expect a preview next week for the next episode when you'll find out what the topic is. But, the last thing we have for you tonight is Chukapau's playout track. So, son, tell us a little bit about it. My mage just died, like, canonically in the story. I am not familiar with... The, oh, oh, you ran into, like, a plot point. I'm, I'm mad now. Oh. That was, a, that was a good character. All right, everyone, you're. This is kind of a, a, a meaningful moment. Shukapao is doing his first playthrough of a Final Fantasy game. It is Final Fantasy IV, called Final Fantasy II on the SNES. Well, I mean, he was a kind of good character. Tell us what just happened. Okay, so I'm at
2: whatever this place is. It's like a. I don't know if it's the moon base
0: or not. Um. Uh well location's not super important. But what's the name of the character? Uh
2: The character's name was Tella and he was a sage and then he used PK Starstorm and died.
0: Oh. So he like sacrificed himself for the party? No, it was it was a revenge for purposes. Oh. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know the story of this game very well, but it's reminding me of another like Famous death in a Final Fantasy game that like happens in game canon and you I can't hear just it? yes, okay, you already know, and you can't just like use a phoenix down on them for some reason because <laughs> plot magic is stronger than phoenix downs. <laughs> but yeah, oh, he just wiped his eye a little bit, but I think that was sweat, not tears. Anywho, all right, so now Chukapow, what is your final track of the evening? I have Clash from Fire Emblem Path of Radiance. Didn't we already play this? Uh... Maybe? I think it was in the Swords episode that I already mentioned tonight. Well, yeah, but that was last season. (laughs) I Yeah, just like Stone Valley. I thought you were going to play that Mother 3 track that was originally on my list, but then I gave it to you. You know what? Maybe we can play that one under the blooper reel. All right. (laughs) What was it called? Like no Uh, crackers? No eating crackers in the cinema. Yeah. There's some good Five Finger Fanfare in that. Okay. Yeah. I'll play that under the blooper reel, and we can finish out with Clash, which you've already heard us all talk about, so I don't have a whole lot to say about it. But it is a great, great example of Five Finger Fanfare. So, and I did tell you that the rule about repeats was nothing. No repeats in the same season. So, Path of
2: Radiance was released in 2005 by Nintendo for the GameCube and
0: composed by Naoko Mitome. Yes, it was. And it is one of the best GameCube games, one of the best Fire Emblem games. Really, really great story with a, a great star in Ike. And Arc. Ike! Ike, big sword boy. Mr. Game and Watch. Yeah, the biggest sword in the game until Ganondorf brought his sword to the fight. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Okay. Everybody, I hope that you have a good rest of your day, or night, or drive, or workout, or whenever, and however you're listening to this. And one more time, special thanks to the Marcotta Bros, uh, the Super Marcotta Bros, Will and Carl Brueggemann, for letting us borrow their uh, topic for this evening. It was a lot of fun exploring this unique musical structure with you tonight, Capel. Until next time, I'm Bed Ross and I'm Shuke Bao. Play very good games, be very good people, and keep listening to very good music.
2: Moving from Capcom to, blooper Co- <laughs> 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 reel, <laughs> <laughs> and that was very,
0: uh... very, just, just. I'm leaning in for the adjective. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Taz. <laughs> this is what is it Um, uh, I did not record the track name oh
2: no, it's not a mimic it's a giant dog made of fire carbon dog uh hopefully not
0: <laughs> well let me know if it turns into diamond dog alright I'll do that but now I'm recording
1: Yada-da-da-da-da. Da, da, da.